KTTV. KTTV, is that right? What do you do, KTTV? This is KT, and I'm coming at you live with the first episode of Wellness Wednesday on season six, and I couldn't do it. No other way than very big on this first season by bringing in speaker, trainer, yeah. Host, Mrs. Joy Jackson from Speaking of Joy. How you doing today, Ms. Joy? I am doing really, really well, Kendrick. Thank you so very much. Look, I want to say thank you for taking some time out of the busy schedule. I know things are taking off. You have been. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for taking some time out tonight. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. I've been looking forward to it for quite some time. So I am so hey. ready. To talk hey, about we are here. Yeah, so um, as we jump into things, uh, I, I like to do just a wellness check because we know it's been crazy okay. out here. So how have you been doing? How have you been staying safe and all that good stuff? Uh, so um, I have been doing really well. Um, I always say complaining doesn't do anything, so there's no need to complain about it. Um, okay. I am grateful that I'm able to send my children uh, to camp. I've had them at home with me. I've had the pleasure mm -hmm. of being a first grade teacher. Hats off to all you uh, educators. Cause uh, listen, the Lord didn't call me to that, yes. but um, so yeah, so I have been doing really well. I am grateful that I feel like we're turning the corner a little bit in uh -huh. this pandemic thing kind of. So yeah. uh, made it to Wednesday, two days from Friday. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's been crazy. So uh, like you say, celebrate the small things. So Absolutely. We, did yeah. make it we to made Wednesday. it Monday and Tuesday. So we're here <laughs> Wednesday. That's enough to be great. Man, so so just thinking about this pandemic uh, mm -hmm. and getting into things. Yeah. Back up May 2020. Yes, now sir. we know things got started, uh, whether it was February or March, when yes, it got March. crazy. Mm -hmm. And so here we go with the drama, May yes. 2020. May, yeah, well, so May 2020, so I had been in my company six years yeah. and I started as a training manager and really matriculated from training manager to uh, project manager to VP of strategy and programs to chief strategy officer. So good six figure salary insurance for my family, corner office, all things were well. Um, but the good thing is I, I, I'm a child of God. So he prepared me for this moment. So I knew I thought that I was going to be uh, let go in August. OK, so a little premature than what mm -hmm. I thought. But I was uh, my uncle used to always say shocked, but not surprised. So, um, so yeah, got the, the, the information that um, they were doing a reduction in force and my role was going to be eliminated. And so I was like, okay, um, they, you know, gave me a nice package. So you kind of be like, okay, well, I'll go. I'll go. Don't worry. I'll go. Um, so I, <laughs> May 2020, no. I, I left um, and was preparing to look for another job only because I, mm -hmm. I knew this was coming, but I wasn't quite ready. So mm -hmm. May uh, lost the job. And for years, I've always wanted to do what I'm doing now, but I never would have done it had I not yeah. been forced out the door. So uh, yeah. it took about a month to really decide, I get, I'll say this, to get the courage yeah. to step out and do it. So it took me about a month. I started writing, started really praying and asking God, started looking for jobs because I still wasn't 100% sold that speaking of joy was the route I was going to take. So I started mm. looking for jobs. and. Yeah. I was overqualified. I was, uh, it was a pandemic. So people weren't hiring. And so I had to really accept the fact that I was going to be unemployed. Yeah. So I said, well, Lord, if I'm going to be unemployed, I may as well do something with this time. And so I started working on speaking of joy. 
and started working on uh, what is now what it is. So I, um, mm -hmm. it was a blessing because ultimately I never would have, that was a company that I thought I would retire from. Uh -huh. Okay. So mm -hmm. I never would have started this had I not been pushed out the door. Yeah. I, and that's sometimes, like they say, you, you got to get a little uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, Lord. change some things. So that's that's what <laughs> a happened. Little, a lot. Yeah. Uncomfortable is I'm going to go for this promotion. Real uh -huh. uncomfortable is I ain't going to work tomorrow. What yeah. are we going to do? So yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, when I first started the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. a friend of mine was an English teacher, and so he started to be a realtor. And so he said, "Man, it got real ugly." Like <laughs> he said, Christmas came around, and he said, "I didn't have anything." And then uh, he said, "I got my first sale." And yeah. he said it was been going from there, but but uh, it was only at that uncomfortable time that he Absolutely. shipped everything in the gear. Absolutely. So Absolutely. so man, so congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now from that, give us the background on speaking of joy and what sure. all do you offer? Okay, so speaking of joy is um a three part business. So mm -hmm. I have three areas that I focus on. One is um coaching, which is really my heart's work, and I coach mostly women who are like me in transition. And, and in transition, I don't necessarily mean you're um, moving from place to place, but you're a woman who recognizes there's something bigger in me, something greater in me. Because I, I, I'll tell you my story more, but that's who I was. I knew that I could retire from that company, do well, have a good life, but it didn't fulfill me. So my motto for women uh, that I coach is you're full, but not fulfilled. You, you like what you do. It's not a problem. But you know, if you had the opportunity or the guidance or the direction, you would move into a different area. So that's one area of coaching. I do a lot of uh, workshops and facilitation because I, I have 18 years experience in training and development. Okay. So my background is adult education and training. Um, I've done every training role you could think of in a training department. So I spent a lot of time um, doing workshop facilitation and coaching. And then I do keynotes. So people hire me. I come in, I get you fired up. I do uh, retreats, those types of things. So speaking of joy is three arms. But ultimately, my purpose is to transform lives. Uh, yeah. What I believe is that as speaking of joy, my goal is to make people better. And so yeah. if you've encountered me in any way, my prayer is that when you leave me or have read something I've done or uh, attended a workshop that you desire to be better. And so speaking mm. of joy's mission is really to just pour into people so that they can live the life that they want to live in a state where they feel better. Man. And when you yeah. think about that, all about helping people. So awesome work that you're doing. So thinking about going back to, to the decision to even get all this uh -huh. going. Oh, you, you said you was preparing to get that job. At I what was. point did, did it say, okay, you know what? I'm going to hold off on the job and I'm going to do this. Let me tell you, it wasn't until all the doors closed. Okay. I still wasn't a hundred percent sold on myself. And part yeah. of the reason that I think most of us never get to where we want to go is because we never really bet on ourselves. So for me, comfortable was a job. Now I will tell anybody in the heartbeat, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Listen, I, that was like, I don't have an entrepreneur bone in my body. Now I want to be in a box, but I want to mm -hmm. color outside the lines, but I want, I, I'm comfortable with organization and structure. I call myself like the safety police. I believe in safety. So this was the most unsafe place I have ever been. So I was not ready to be anywhere without a net. Now I have a wonderful husband who was like, I believe in you. And it doesn't matter how many people believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. So for me, 
I was still applying for jobs because I was like, okay, how are we going to go from a two income household to a one income household? Um, I was carrying our family on insurance. So I had never looked up insurance. My husband's insurance is way too high. So I was just in a place of just out of my depth because I like control and I like structure. So um, I didn't intend to start speaking of joy. Um, I didn't even have a name for it. I just was like, okay, we're going to get out here. We're going to make some stuff shake. Um, I had no business plan. I had no mission. I had nothing. I taught people how to do this, but I didn't have it for myself because this was never my intention. So I literally started applying for jobs. And it wasn't until the door started closing that my husband was like, why don't you take a moment and do what it is you want to do? So I had to soul search because I didn't even know what it was because I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't know what I want to do because I've been working for 25 years. What what else yeah. do you do? So I just sat and prayed and was like, God, if this is your will, just help me to figure it out. And so mm-hmm. what came out of that was um, these articles that I wrote, the five R's to repair the weary. And that was the launch of Speaking of Joy. It took me probably two months to figure out a name. I was Joy Jackson. I was Joy Speaks. I had a whole lot. And then mm-hmm. as I started writing and realizing that the power of words and how they can transform people's lives. That's how I came up with Speaking of Joy. Man, and then um, not only did you empower, uh, as I tell people every time I interview, it's all about that empathy, right? What did you go through to be able to say, you know how I feel versus you done read some books. And so, uh, you know, just going through that and then thinking about your work with women. Mm -hmm. Um, Me, 72% female viewership. Uh Uh, I'm an elementary. Uh-huh. So we know yeah. women is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so the work that you're doing uh, with women, I just want to touch on that yeah. uh, to just really help them understand like what you offer as far yeah. as in that in that arena. So so let me tell you, um, women, we are beautiful and unique creatures. Let's clap it up for the women. We are beautiful hey. and unique. And, but most of us, I find the women that I work with, we find ourselves trying to be so many things. And we don't have a a safe place for us. Now, we have a spouse or a significant other or family that is our safe place. But we don't we've so many times we've not been allowed to dream anymore. Like we've because we are raising a family or because we've had to be a mother, uh, sometimes mother and father. Um, Sometimes we've had all of these goals that we want to achieve, but we've been doing something so long. We don't know how to get started. And so what I really do is I want women to take that power back, that power where you say, you know what, I can do this and I can do this not because I'm following these people who have been doing this forever. And they're like, oh, my God, buy this book, do this, do this. I literally work one on one or in a small group coaching setting with women. And my goal is to create opportunities. So I, I share all my networks. I share all my tools, my resources, what I do. I love to design. So I create programs that are specific to the women that I work with. So I literally spend I have two sessions where I don't even charge because I want to know more about you Mm -hmm. so that I can. I tell people I'm like your tailored suit. I want a program that fits you. So we sit down and we talk. We talk about fears. Because that's one of the biggest things that I had to overcome was fears. And I'm talking imposter syndrome. I'm talking fear of failure. I'm talking fear of making mistakes. I'm talking fear of rejection. All the things that we experience growing up and, and the situations we've had in our lives. So we, we talk yeah. about that. We talk about negative thoughts because sometimes we are bound and held hostage yeah. by our thoughts. And then we talk about what your plan is. So when you finish working with me, you have a 90 day strategic plan that Mm. if you implement, we've already overcome some of those other challenges that you've had that now you have a roadmap 
to take you to the next level. So that that's what I commit to anybody that I work with is, and I'm going to be your cheerleader. I'm going to walk with you because I got people walking with me to help me to get to what I want to do. So my goal now is to give that back to other women and say, Hey, we can do this. Let me, let me walk with you. Let me share my, let me show you my failures. Let me tell you, let me show you my scars, the things that I did absolutely wrong that you don't need to do. And then I teach women balance because so many times we get caught up in our children and our significant others and in church uh, in, you know, in jobs that we forget about ourselves. So I really encourage women to find moments where you can really be, um, true to yourself. Yeah. So Man, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah. That's and that's it. it. And, and, and still, uh, even inside of all that coaching with the women mm-hmm. is still Christian based. Absolutely. Right. And so then, um, how, how do you tie that all in? And have you had any pushback from, that's a good question. So let me tell you, when I started speaking of joy, it was not Christian based. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had come out of corporate America. So I was walking the corporate line. So in corporate, you can't say Jesus, right? You can't <laughs> pray. You can't, I mean, you can't, you can't. Yeah. So I have been so corp- corporate minded that at first speaking of joy was a corporate company. So I was doing workshops and training, but my heart's desire was to teach people Christian values because I'm a preacher's kid, born and raised in the church, Sunday school, church, BTU. I was on a drill team, the National Baptist Youth Convention, learned all those scriptures for 350. So I did all of that. And God is truly the, the author and finisher of my faith, the head of my life. He's absolutely everything. And so what I started to find out was as I would talk, it would just, cause what's in you comes out of you. So as I would talk to people, um, the word would come out, the scriptures would come out, the spirit would come out. And um, I, I know and I believe by faith that, you know, the words that I say are anointed. And I'll tell you a story about that. That's really funny. And so when I realized that, I realized I can't apologize for who I am. I can't apologize for being joy. I can't apologize for short hair. I can't apologize for glasses. So why would I apologize for my spirit walk? And so now, because I walk in the authority of Christ, I'm okay with a platform where I say, Jesus, 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 as many times as I want to. And what I realize is people who don't gravitate to it, they won't. And I also believe that God will call the people to me who need to be with me. Mm -hmm. So there are people who are waiting on me to help transform their lives. So instead of me trying to win all of them, I'm going to win the people that God has sent me to and the God that God has created for. So I do get people who start watching my show and then we say, Jesus, and they turn it off. And I hope that, you know, and then I realized in the pandemic, church is not what it used to be. So now Mm. it's really how we live our lives. It's how we encourage people. Some people will never, ever step into a church. Yeah. So now it's about my life. It's about how I live. So my platform is my pulpit. Yeah, that's it. It's all about what you're doing. People watching. They are. Oh, yeah. Yes, they are. That is awesome. People who you don't even know are watching are watching. That's it. That's it. Even when they don't like it, they watch. That's it. That's it. They watch even more. The people who don't like it are the ones who watch. (laughs) So with the with the uh, imposter syndrome, you know, just thinking about that, I I had a friend of mine who just did uh, almost a symposium or something on it Uh on Clubhouse, I think. So. Just touching on that and, and thinking about the services, a lady comes in. First mm-hmm. off, can you tell the audience what is it? And then let's say what would be something you would tell her to to start, where to start okay. when. So if she so if she's dealing with imposter syndrome, yeah. So so first, you know, we're gonna have a conversation. I'm gonna share my story because I, I I have it too. I mean, yeah. I think to some degree we all are shocked by where mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. 
So we, it's easy to hear the thoughts in your head that you didn't work for it. You didn't deserve it. So what I do is I first tell her, hey, listen, let's write down all your negative thoughts. Put them on paper. Now, I want you to take an opportunity where that negative thought or that thing that the imposter syndrome is telling you mm -hmm. that you now look at that and say, OK, so I felt this way or this was something that came in my head. But write an opportunity where, you know, that was not true. So you're going to you're going to write the lie and then you're going to write the truth. So if it's I'm not qualified. So then I say, write your qualifications or, you know, I don't deserve to be in this role. Write the work that you've done to get in this role. Mm -hmm. I don't. So I really combat that with the truth, because yeah. a lot of times the imposter syndrome is it's real, but it's nothing more than inferiority. Mm -hmm. And it's really, I believe, the way that the enemy keeps us bound. If he can mm -hmm. keep you thinking that you're not where you need to be, then he yeah. can keep you from helping others. He can keep mm -hmm. you from growing. If he can keep telling you you're worthless, you're not supposed to be there. Look, how did you get here and keep you focused on other people who are you think better qualified or mm -hmm. you feel like you're not where you, you you're, you're where you're supposed to be, but you didn't earn it or you didn't yeah. get it. Cause let's be honest. Some of us earned it. Some of it was just favor. Let's be honest. Yeah. I was at a job where I got promoted four times. And let me tell you, it was the favor of God because <laughs> I had never been a project manager yeah. and they came yeah. and said project manager across. I was like, can you do this? I went and took the PMP, did all of the, the classes and everything, but it was the favor of God because God yeah. won't anoint you to a position that you're not qualified to do. And I, I tell mm -hmm. women that all the time. We spend a lot of time like, I don't deserve this. No, you do. God would not have placed you in that position. And you may not know everything because let's be clear, you don't know everything about being an assistant principal. You learn, but yes. you wouldn't have the opportunity or the exposure to be an assistant principal if you weren't in that role. So I really tackle those negative thoughts because I think that's what really holds us back. And, and imposter syndrome is nothing more than a lie because yeah. if you're there then that means you deserve to be there so i really encourage people and we walk through that we talk about what happened in your past your childhood now let me tell you i tell people all the time i'm not a counselor so what i tell people too is hey listen when we get to some stuff that's real deep one of the strategies that i recommend is get you a therapist yeah. So, you know, because some of that imposter stuff is deep rooted in trauma and pain. Mm -hmm. And as we start to uncover, we start to uncover some things that are really deep, yeah. that are wounds that people haven't healed from, from childhood. And it's walked with you and, and, and you've carried those burdens into adulthood. So before you can even walk into your purpose and your season, you got to deal with that stuff. So I challenge women on that. Hey, let's let's talk through that stuff and let's get you some help so that you no longer are carrying though that weight. In addition to all the other negative things that you're experiencing. Yeah. And, and I, I, it was so awesome just to hear you um, when you look inside of bringing the word in like you just yeah. did. Right. And so um, you got to understand that if you ever been to church before, like, you know, that that's those thoughts. And that, that's, that's what it's for. Like, that's, that's the what, job. Yeah. And, and, it's to, and a lot of times we are we hear what we're not more than what we are. Mm hmm. Think about it. You yep. can hear all. We look at ourselves in the mirror. I'm too big. I'm this. We can we can find. I could ask you right now, 20 things wrong with you and you can name them. Yeah. But if I were to ask you 20 things right about you, you'd be like, uh, by, by 12, you'll be like, uh, and I was I was listening to this coach and she said one of the things she challenged us to do is to write 77 things that are good about us. Seventy mm. seven. Try it. Try to write 77 things about you that are good. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do because we yeah. don't focus on the good in ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
And we we get focus past on that the surface, things that we don't do well or the things, yeah. you know, like, I mean, we talk about like, um, that's why I like Strength Finders, the book Strength Finders, because it talks about instead of working on your weaknesses, leverage your strengths. Because yeah. it's easy to say what I'm not good at. But if I'm really good at this, let me use that as momentum to, to get to where I want to be. So I tell people, let's look, let's work on your strengths. Let's work on the things that we know we can do because the negative things are going to creep up even in your good stuff. Yeah. That's a powerful exercise too, though. Uh, yeah. You think once you get past those surface, that's it. That's, 10, it. that's you it. Dig after can, that. I can name ten good things that I've yeah. done and accomplishments, but after that, it becomes a challenge. But yeah. when you start to do it, it's so freeing to realize, man. Listen, that's I me. am fearfully, wonderfully made. I am the head and not the tail. I am designed for greatness. When you start to, and it's easier because, like, listen, affirmations are great. I think it's great that you speak those things, but if you have not tackled the negative thoughts, it doesn't matter how many times you affirm yourself, the negative is going to still creep in. Mm. So you have to know how to change your thoughts and change your mind so that even when you affirm yourself, there's no, there's no I am great, but. Yeah, I love it. So. I love it. And another part of that work is, uh, uh -huh. like you say, working with the leaders. Uh-huh. First day toolkit. Yes. Yes. And, yes, uh, yes. So when I think about that this uh -huh. year, uh, as assistant principal, uh, I just got the phone my principal a few minutes ago, and we're uh -huh. just talking about how real it's about to get this year, <laughs> right? And so, uh -huh. um, yeah, as as a school leader and embarking on this journey, what or without giving away the money? Yeah, 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 yeah. What? How do you? What are some of the tools you give to leaders? To Let put me in tell you. Care? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I sat in the boardroom with with other people, and it is so amazing how detached leaders are. It is so amazing how you can go to work every day and have no idea what's happening on the floor. So one of the things that I, I really challenge leaders is to be empathetic because you weren't always an assistant principal. You weren't always the CEO somewhere. Maybe at that company, that's how you came in. But you were a worker at some yeah. point. So I want people to go back to those days, to the to the humility in serving. And then I think I, now people talk about serving leadership, but I really talk about serving because we all have a purpose when we go into work. And when we go in there, especially as leaders, we have to model the way. So as leaders, I encourage leaders, hey, listen, you got to get out of your office. Mm. You got to spend some time with your staff and not just your immediate staff that sits on the level with you. You've got to go down into the business and you can't make decisions without inclusion. So many decisions are made at the head, never considering the janitor, never considering the receptionist, never considering, you know, the frontline workers. So I encourage leaders to do that. The other thing I encourage leaders to do is to listen more than they speak. Because you don't I believe a CEO never has to say I'm CEO. We know that. So you don't have to continue to tout all your experience. I want you to listen, do some tours, find out what people are feeling because your frontline people are the people who make the business run. Your teachers are who make the business. Yes, and if your teachers are unhappy, yeah. what are we going to do? So I really tell leaders to do that. And I, I also talk about having um, bold conversations. Like, you know, we conversations are easy when you know people, but it's hard to have conversations, especially difficult conversations. So I teach strategies on how to have difficult conversations. I believe delegation's important. I believe coach is important. So mm -hmm. there is so much in that toolkit that I give and I've created a specific model. So one thing about speaking of joy, I create my own stuff. Yeah. So all the models are speaking of joy models. So 
from nowhere else. And the goal is to give people acronyms and quick ways that you can do exercises. So like, here's one right here. I tell people there's a thing called a bet and a beer. This is free money. Take it with me. Okay. A bet and a beer. A bet is something that you give as a compliment. Okay. Bet. B-E-T. B is for the behavior. E is for the effect. And T is for thank you. That's it. So, hey, Kendrick, I saw that you helped that parent today when she had a question. Let me tell you, because you helped her, her son was able to get enrolled in class and he's now learning. Thank you so much. That's a bet. Quick and easy. It's a re it's an affirmation that you could give on the fly immediately. So beer is what I call a, a redirective action. So beer is behavior, uh, expectate, effect, expectation, and then the results. So basically... If it ain't going right, this is what we're going to do. So, hey, Kendrick, I saw that that parent had a question for you. Um, I noticed that you didn't really respond in a way that could help her. So going forward, I hope that you will take my moment and listen to the parent so that you will know. Now, unfortunately, if you don't do that, then we'll have to have a different conversation about the strategies that you can use to help the parent. Yeah. Bed and beer. Thank you. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> then, hey. That's quick, you know, because people people think that you've got to have um, feedback when you got to sit in the office and have these long conversations or at a review mm -hmm. time. A bed and a beer is something you can throw out really easy and keep yeah. walking. Yes. But yeah, yeah, that's what you got to have, because I try to go to a lot of classes. And so, uh, man, getting in and getting out is getting something out. That's you got to do. So a bed and yeah. a beer, that's all you got to do. Well, I appreciate it. I'm being You're more welcome. intentional about my feedback. So there you go. I'm there you my, go. Hey, so now we good. Yes, day, <laughs> yes, day. So there speaking of that, um, I want to get into the five R's. But before we do that, you got uh -huh. to talk to me because the last time we talked, you was talking about this yes day that we was having. Listen, okay. So I did a yes day. Okay. Uh, but I nobody called me. So the only people yep. that got yeses all day with my family. So That's the good. funny thing is, my husband said to me, he said, you sure been saying yes a lot today. So I'm like, <laughs> hey, I didn't even intend to do it. I didn't even intend yes. to do it. I yes. just found myself saying, and it was simple things. Like, he wanted to do something. I took. He said, will you take the girls to gymnastics? Yes. The girls wanted to eat McDonald's. Yes. Then they wanted to go to, there's a tea house in Katy. They wanted to go to the tea house. Yes. yes. They wanted to order two pots of tea. I knew they weren't going to drink them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, got home. My husband said he wanted to go to, he loves H-E-B. Can I go to H-E-B? Because I've been with the girls all day. He was like, yes. My mom was over and she said she wanted fish. Yes. So it was just my family, Come but on. it made life so easy just to say yes. to the people. Hey, just say yes. And then look at you. You had a full day at the tea house out with the I family. Did. It was, it was, not, I thought about you. I thought yeah. about you. Now, I don't know oh, that yes day is going to be every month for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to do once a quarter. <laughs> but I thought about you because I did that. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. I just started mm -hmm. saying yes. And then I was like, oh, I may as well continue this. Yeah. It, it worked I'm out really you, well. And you will surprise yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm my next one. I'm gonna put on the calendar. So All right, I can intend because, like I said, this one was just my happenstance. So yeah. next time, I'm gonna put it on the calendar, and uh, we're gonna pray that you know I'm not out here skydiving or parasailing. <laughs> Man, true, true. Yeah. So um, as we go through, I yeah. want to talk about these five R's, uh -huh. and then I want to get back to the lunch break. Uh huh. But first, it's gonna get weary next year. We we yeah. already we, yeah. we 
look, we already having this man's debate. We got, I got oh, Lord, calls yeah. since we coming in. Yeah. How can we use, now I know this one kicked it off. So, so it's like nostalgia coming out. My take yeah. is so well. But talk to me about those five R's and how can we use them? I sure will. So, um, so the five R's came about because truly, 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 I was in a place of, I was depleted. Let's be honest. Okay. I had lost my job. Uh, I, like I said, I never, I have, and let me say this. I had never, ever, ever been unemployed, never been let go, never been unemployed. So this was the first time that I had ever been in this situation. And so to be in a situation where you lost your job, this was May. So not only had I lost my job, I was also dealing, we were well, not, I, we were all dealing with, um, the George Floyd and civil unrest. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a whole pandemic out here mm-hmm. and, I was like, God, for real, do you see your people? Because we got our struggling out here and I was struggling and I I don't, I would get up in the morning and pray. And I've never just really said to God in a lot of instances, God, I'm really afraid. And so the morning I got up and started writing the five R's, the scripture that came to mind was Galatians six and nine. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. And so I was meditating on that scripture and it was really uh, impactful for me because it reminded me that God was still in control. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you see things happen around you, uh, good or bad, well, I'll say bad, bad more than anything. We forget that God still has a hand in all of it. And so I tell people all the time, you know, the scripture is all things work together for the good. Some things not going to look good because some is not the all. So, so many times we look at this instance and say, oh my God, that's bad. But all of it works together. So we focus on that one thing that's bad. But if we look, that one bad thing is a catalyst for so many other things that make all. So that's what I had to be reminded. And 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 honestly, when I, when I lost the job, I had, excuse me, I had given that job some good work. Mm-hmm. And so to be pushed out, I was angry. I was frustrated. I I was so many things. And so I had to just cry out to God, like, for real, God, what are we going to do? And so that scripture came to mind. And so he started giving me the five R's just as a refresher for myself. So it wasn't ever intended to be nothing but my stuff. Right. Uh, It will be a book in October, um, but it was supposed to be my stuff. And it was really just me crying out to God. And so God gave me these five R's just to help me. Right. And so the five R's are rest, reflect, uh, replenish, reposition, and resume. Those are the five R's. And so anytime you get weary, which is something natural that every one of us experiences. And and I, you know, I used to, and I I, I say in the book, um, I used to always tell my husband I was tired. Okay, it's easy. I'm tired. And so guess what my husband with his wonderful male mind would say? You should go to sleep at night. And what I realized was I wasn't tired physically. I was emotionally tired. I was drained. And that's weariness. Um, When I was at a point of depletion, I couldn't give anything to anybody else. Like I was just at a point. Don't come to me for encouragement because I ain't got none. You know, if you start telling me your problem, I'm going to tell you, man, we both going to be crying. Like this is not I don't have anything to give. And so I started writing this. And so what God told me about rest is that there comes a time in our lives where we have to rest. 
And rest is not going to sleep. Rest is truly clearing your mind, your body, your energy. And you can be in a room full of people and still be rested. There are people who sleep at night every day and wake up still not rested. So rest is a calmness and a stillness and rest is active. Sleep is unconscious. You're going to go to sleep whether you want to or not. Your body is going to give out. But rest is something conscious. So God showed me I had to rest because I have been given so many things to so many people that I had not taken time for joy. So in my rest, he taught me to reflect and reflect means how did you get to the point of weariness? What things did you say yes to you should have said no to? What things did you do that I did not tell you to do? What people did you bring into your life that I did not ordain? So you're pouring out and giving to people who aren't restoring you. So he started really just telling me to, to reflect on and then reflect on who I am and what gifts he's given me, because this is the point where I'm trying to figure out what's next. So he's like, I created you for a purpose. I've imparted my word in you. I've imparted my wisdom in you. So reflect on how good I've been to you. And if I have not, haven't I not kept you all this other time? So why would we get to a point now? And as God, I'm going to leave you out here high and dry. So I had to reflect on how he's been and what he's done for me. And then I had to I had to reposition. So now I had to turn from those thoughts, those ways, the things that I'd already done. I was like, okay, God, forgive me. So it was repenting. It was saying I had to let some people go. I had to turn off some television. I had to stop speaking about my situation to unfruitful people. I had to just do some things differently. So that's when I stopped looking for a job because I repositioned myself. And I was like, God, if we're going to do this together, okay, I'm going to do it with you. Come on, let's go. So I repositioned. So I said, Lord, if this is the work that you have for me, I trust you. So I'm no longer going to seek my own will, but yours. And then I asked him to replenish me. So all the places where I was dry and lacking, I asked him to refill me. So he brought new people into my life. He brought speaking of joy into my life. He brought networks into my life and he brought his joy back because I had lost the joy. When you're weary, you don't have God's joy. And I realized that happiness is external and joy is internal. So I had to go back and remember, hey, I have the joy of the Lord. So even if I'm unemployed, I can still have joy. Even if we're in a situation of social unrest, we can still have joy. Even in a pandemic, I can still have joy because now I have time with my family. So I had to be reminded and restored and replenished. So I had to now get fill myself back up. And then there were times when people couldn't fill me up. So I had to fill myself up. Hey, what, Joy, you know you bad, girl. Girl, you look good today. Girl, you got a haircut. Woo, that haircut is nice. Girl, you got you some new glasses. So I had to start replenishing myself. And when I was replenished, that's when I was able to resume. And that mm -hmm. was when I was able to continue. And so what you see now is a person who's gone through those steps and gone through that opportunity. And now I'm resuming, but in a different direction. Yeah. Wow. Broke it down, some more freak. <laughs> That's free right there. Just, yeah. yeah, just give. Oh my God! So yes, yes, yes. What's What's next for you? Uh, what's next for the business? What's next for the leadership absolutely, lunch break? Absolutely. What, first off, well, huh? have you had another guy since I've been through? I have not. I've invited one other guy. He has not responded. Okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I think he's afraid to come on a leadership lunch break. Hey, well, you know, I've still been trying to hold it down. So we're going we gonna to keep it Listen, going. Let me say this. You did such a great job. Can't nobody follow you. That's what we're going to say. Hey, I'm sorry. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, so what's, um, next, so what's next? So the leadership mm -hmm. lunch break I do every Thursday yeah. at noon Central Standard Time. And it's an opportunity to talk about leadership. But I will tell any of your listeners that leadership, I don't believe, is a position or title. 
Um, if you have influence or responsibility, you are indeed a leader. And so you can lead your home, your community, your family. You can lead in your job. You can lead with your friends. So the lunch break is really designed to, to address leadership holistically. So we spend a lot of time in the leadership lunch break talking about everything. We talk about leadership takes humility. We've talked about takes accountability. We've talked about courage and fear. So it's really in totality tackling all the things that make us people because really leaders are people. We put leaders on pedestals, but they're nothing but people who probably have fears, who probably have been promoted without proper training. Let's call it what it is. Uh, who probably um, have imposter syndrome themselves. So the Leadership Lunch Break is designed to really share those opportunities. So it's every Thursday at noon. So this Thursday, I'll be talking about, so I have guests, Kendrick was a guest, uh, really? but this week I'll be talking about balance. So I've done a lot of um, articles that I've been sending out to my subscribers on balance. And so tomorrow I'm going to give some more free tools away on strategies that I use for balance. So that's what we'll talk about tomorrow. And then the Leadership Lunch Break, July 20th will be a podcast. Thank you. Come on, man. Hey, welcome. Welcome. Yes. Thank you, Kendrick. <laughs> July 20th, the Leadership Lunch Break will be a podcast. I say thank you, Kendrick, everybody, because truly, 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 he was instrumental in uh, making me get off the pot. You know the saying, do that or get off the pot. <laughs> I had been thinking about a podcast. I was going to change the name. I was going to do so many things. And he was like, why is it just not the Leadership Lunch Break? Yeah. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. So I got my voiceover, got my intro done. So July 20th, the Leadership Lunch Break is going um, going live. What else going is happening live. for Speaking of Joy? Uh, I, like Kendrick, will be doing the uh, TEDx A-Leaf yeah. Studio. Yeah. So uh, I will be doing that in August, mm -hmm. September. September. I'll be doing it in September. Uh, my um, From Weary to Winning book will come out in October. Come on now. Uh, I am still coaching. I am still doing workshops. Um, and so this year we're going to finish out strong with Speaking of Joy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And now before you get out of here, I cannot yeah. let you let you slide without just dropping one more one more line of knowledge on, on, on our ladies out here. Okay. And, uh, when I think about, um, like I say, the beginning of the story, uh -huh. you were at a point where you could have took that focus inward. And yeah. there will be no speaking of joy, but yeah. you chose to go out. So for the ladies who are at that crossroad right now, what do you say to them? I always tell people that you have an absolute purpose. God created you for, for his glory, but it's also to impact and influence the people that are around you. If you have spent your life doing the same thing, and when you leave your legacy, you have not changed your area then you've not done the work that God has called you to do. He told us to go make disciples. And I don't think it was all about Christianity. I think it's about sharing love and peace and joy. So I tell women all the time, there are people who are waiting on you, period. And their lives will be better because of you. So when you know that and you walk in that authority, then you look for opportunities to minister and you don't have to have a preacher title to minister or to impart wisdom. All of us have been through stuff, but you didn't go through it only for you to say, man, look what I did. It's so that you can share those stories to empower other people because there are people who are walking the exact same journey you're walking and they're waiting and they're ready to quit. They're ready to walk away. They're ready to give up. And there's going to be a word that you say that's going to truly change their lives. 
So the power that you have to change the lives is basically your story. So even when you're going through your issues, remember, your issues are not only for you. They're so that you can. God's going to bring you out triumphant. That's his word. He's going to bring you out triumphant. And when you come out triumphant, it's not just for you. It's for you to say, listen, I remember when. I was unemployed and look what God has done for me. I remember when I was in a trauma situation. I remember when these things happened to me and look, I've overcome. And so because I have overcome, you can overcome because we're overcome by the uh, power of our testimony. So there are people waiting on you and all you've got to do is have the courage to tell your story, nobody else's story, but your story. And when you tell that story, you will see literally see chains be broken and people's lives be changed. Man, that's it. I think that was um, nothing else needed right there. Well, thank <laughs> thank you. you for that. So thank give you. us that contact information. How do we find you? Get the classes, Listen, get the coaching. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am on Speaking to Joy everywhere you can find me. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. It's Speaking of J-O-Y-E. So Speaking of Joy, you can also visit my website at www.speakingofjoy.com. Um, you can find all of my information there. Uh, you can book me there. I do 30 minute sessions with people all the time. Just if you have questions, I'm all about helping you be your best self. So if you've got, hey, I want to work with you or hey, I just want to find out more about you. Definitely hit me up. Um, my email is info at speaking of joy. Dot com. So as long as you type in speaking of joy, and I hate to say it like this because Nene Leak said this, but it's facts. Google me, but I yeah. don't mean it in that way. Yeah. But you can Google speaking of joy and you'll find all of my information there as well. Man, that is awesome. Thank, thank you again today. Thank Michelle. you so uh, much, Kendrick. I appreciate uh, this. Yeah, thank awesome, you so awesome work. Um, so you. I'll be looking to see what what's happening next. Um, yes. Yes, yes, seeing yes. how we can get up on this leadership work here absolutely. Uh, for a conference or something. Absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me know. I, I am more than willing. I have so many resources and yeah. I tell people I, I can I can facilitate training for you mm -hmm. or I can create it and give it to you and you do it yourself. But whatever. Right now, I'm, I'm doing a lot of diversity training because, of mm. course, we need some help in that area. So yeah. uh, the last few companies that I've been working with have done some diversity training. We've got some real cool diversity stuff. So, um, yeah. So, hey, everybody, reach out. I can share my resources with you and we can make some things happen. There it is. Thank you, Miss Carlotta. That's my mama. All right. Hey. <laughs> hey. All right. Well, oh, that yeah. will do it for us. I want to say thank you again. Thank you. Uh, thank you to the audience. Uh, welcome again to the season six premiere of Wellness Wednesday on KTTV.com. Uh, we'll be back next week and hit them. All right. That'll do it. This is KT for KTTV signing out. 100. Have a good one. This is Darnell. This is Darnell Broadcast Houston. This is Dr. Tamara Beckford. Hey, this is Candace. This is London Underwood. This is Kirsten Bass with Inner City Greens, and you're watching. Y'all are now tuned in to KTTV. KTTV. KTTV.